as a good friend of mine would say. Okay. Welcome everybody to the Dill Kokoro podcast. I'm back with my good friend Kenneth from Black and Yellow Otaku Gamers. How you doing, bud? I'm good, man. You know, I'm just hanging out. How about you? Um, I'm all right. I'm all right. I, I know we talked about uh, how your uh, quarantine situation's going. You got that uh, you got that work from home going. So. Oh, yeah. Haven't had to go outside for quite some time. Occasionally, I just go outside to get the car running a little bit. Sure. I, I, I think getting groceries has been the only time I've been driving. Uh, what are the roads like over there for you? I won't dox you where you're at, but I, I always hear mixed things based off of where people are living. Um, Everything's okay here. It randomly snowed, and we haven't had snow in like the past like two months or something. And it was just like, whoa. I... Uh... <laughs> I want to say it was like last Thursday for me it mm-hmm. snowed and I, I have a new puppy if anybody's been following me I've been trying not to be obnoxious about it but I was like all right well I guess I won't let her out and then like I go back to my desk and then like half an hour later I look outside and it's all completely melted <laughs> it looked like it was like snowstorm and then just nothing <laughs> uh, the joys of living in the Midwest oh man so I uh, just want to do a couple quick plugs. By the time this comes out, I'm sure this is going to make this uh, very dated, but uh, I know Annotate just posted their uh, anime you have time to watch now. Uh, basically, a bunch of different writers got together, all made recommendations for anime people should watch now that they have a little bit of time. Uh, we also had Umi, the co-host of this podcast, posted a translation of a Japanese cookbook. And she went ahead and tried cooking it. She did orange tiramisu. Hmm. And finally, a loser named Dil Kokoro wrote a wrote and narrated a very long article about the Fate Stay Night and Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works dubs. Oh, that man. was my first dub article. I was looking at the timer on it. Like I did one for like uh, when Kyoto Animation had their fire, just as like a you know like a hats off to the great work they do. I did one for Silent Voice, but besides that, the last big project I rolled up my sleeves for was two years ago. Mm. So, time has a way of getting away from you. Yeah, um, it's a lot of good things happening over there at any taste, sounds like. Yeah, so what's been new with you? You been making any content? Man, I am one of the people, it's either you're on the highly productive side of things or you're on the, I'm just hanging out or you're in the middle i guess feast or famine yeah and i am definitely just i i had one article that i wrote and it was like a few weeks ago and Mm -hmm. it was while i went to california for a bit and it was uh i think it was in i was gonna start a series of series that you could uh that you should watch during the quarantine oh uh, the one i did was on uh run with the wind which is a great running Uh. Oh boy! <laughs> what do you mean, oh boy? Uh, a good old boy or a bad old boy? What's going on? Well, it's a bad old boy for me, but really, I, that's a. We have a guy who's on our podcast a lot. His name's Gugsy. He hated uh, your lie in April mm-hmm. because he he's like he grew up as a piano player, and he's just like this. This drives me nuts. Uh, the way they play piano, this and that. And I remember looking at him and I was like, man, I can't imagine being so bothered by the technical aspects of an anime. And then I watched Run With The Wind and I got really upset about the technical aspects of an anime. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of weird that it's just like, uh, hey, we're a no-name team and 
this guy chain smokes like crazy and we're going to compete in the big marathon. Yeah. I think, I, I think know. for me, the only reason why I like that didn't bother me too much is the fact that like the aim was to run it never right. necessarily to win it. Well, even that is, it's just like, if you told me like, I, I know this kind of knocks it down a peg, but like, if you told me they were trying to just do a relay together for like a local or like a big city, like say Tokyo, mm-hmm. like one that doesn't need a qualifier, which I, I think Tokyo does, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Something on the calendar. Hey, let's get together and go do it. I would have been completely in. Like, that's really all the more it was. It was just the fact that it's like the big, like you have to be like in the top 1% running groups of japan to make that tournament yep and it's like i don't know like everyone's just saying whatever dill but i don't know like i don't think it's a a, like a bad argument to make i think it's fair and Um, i like and i liked the main characters the two main guys i just didn't really care too much for the rest of it especially chain chain smoking guy it's funny to me because i feel like a lot of people don't feel that way only because um kakeru the main character he's just such a Mm, like he's he's that guy you want to like but he's just so difficult for so long like he's difficult for like the first 10 episodes and you're just like can you just it's it's uh, weird you say that because like that's what i think it got right about running because like runners are weirdos like that like they they had that shell um i don't know and then the other guy just loves running and he got him into you know running to love running but that's every anime mm. Speaking of anime, um, before I dive into one that I know you wanted to talk about, what have you been watching? Um, other than, I think for me, I've just been spending a lot of time watching things with people, especially since I can't, you know, physically, you know, meet sure. people outside. So, um, like, I have a friend that I've been watching, like, a lot of things that I've watched before, like um, Banana Fish. And, oh. Um, uh, what else did we finish? Yeah, we watched Banana Fish. We watched um, My Love Story, which, you know, very different sides of the spectrum. And then um, uh, what else did I watch? Oh, then I caught them up on Haikyuu and I caught them up on like, uh, it's another show. I can't think of the name of it right now. And it's bugging the hell out of me. Uh, Oh, Run With The Wind, probably. So I'm just like in the middle of catching up with people versus like actually watching my own things. Except I did start watching... um, one of the new shows that just started, um, uh, it's, it's like a sing something yesterday. You know what I'm talking about, right? Is it's it like, called yesterday? It's uh, I'm gonna pull it up right now because yeah. I was. Yeah. I'm the last person at Anate to know like. Oh, sing yesterday anime. for me, and this okay. is like you know kind of like a slice of life drama. Was was that one that got delayed? No, it's surprisingly not not yet at least. Um, but that's the issue with the season, right? It's like everything I wanted to watch got delayed. Like everything. <laughs> Umi, uh, Umi was very upset when I told her that Food Wars got delayed, and then her household further got upset because uh, Baruto got delayed. And her husband was like a weekly Baruto watcher. So bad times over there for them. You know, it's bad when One Piece gets delayed. I like at the time of this, it's all. It feels like it's only a matter of time before everything goes and i think somebody shared i can't remember who it was at anate they shared something saying that it might be another two seasons that we're seeing this yeah i heard like the summer season's in danger of like not even happening and potentially even the fall 
And I'm like, what in the world? Like, I, I'm already at, I'm already there right now with like uh, withdrawal from not having sports. Mm-hmm. Like uh, this is my first year I've been at a, 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 like a good college for like sports. Mm-hmm. And March Madness was about to start up. And I was, uh, I was like, all right, let's go. We're going to go on our run in two games. And then it just all stopped. And then like the days mesh and you're like, when was the last time not only did I watch basketball, but did I touch a basketball? <laughs> but Yeah, it's unfortunate. I've been watching two anime and I think it'd be, it, they're nice to bring up because you and I could have a nice conversation about them. Uh, I mean, I've been watching a lot of anime, but two in particular I knew that would be fun to talk to you about is I finished Punchline. And that's mm. actually the one that kind of initiated you and me like starting up talking again, saying like, hey, we should talk about anime on a podcast. Yeah, soon. Punchline, uh, I, I don't even remember how I encountered it, but I do remember watching it weekly. That's and... what I was going to ask you about. That, yeah. that seems like a batshit crazy show to watch weekly. Yeah, because like, I feel like the first episode, just that first opening sequence was just like so much in-your-face like crazy stuff. And there was some like pretty smooth animation like mm-hmm. in that bus scene. And then right. you're like, oh, man, like this, this looks like something pretty interesting. And then you're like, wait, what's yeah. happening? <laughs> what's happening is a fair assessment of about 75% of the show. Yeah, like I felt lost up until like, I don't know, I think it was like seven, episode seven or eight. And I was just like, oh, OK, yep. I'm kind of happy I stayed for this ride now where like at first I was questioning every episode, whether it was like <laughs> worth continuing down that path, especially if it was a great thing for me. You're like, hey, is this uh, is this worth my half hour right now? Um, yeah. You remember, uh, I think it was the one podcast you watched uh, or you listened to. I guess you can't really watch it. Eh, you know I mean. But uh, <laughs> the one you listened to before you came on the first time with me here was the mm-hmm. one I did with Kingseed. He was recommending anime that were like really off the beaten path for me that would make me uncomfortable. Yeah. That was one of them. And he told me beat for beat, everything that'll happen in the first episode. And I still watched it and I said it to him. I'm like, it's not that I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. It's just that I don't believe you. <laughs> like it's, everything he said was true and it still didn't feel like it happened. <laughs> and yeah, it's a strange show because you can't really talk about it without spoiling it. It's just like everything unfolds exactly. Like it, how do I put it? Nothing goes according to how you think it would. Like everything goes out the window. It almost makes you think like it, it kind of spawned this thing where I wanted to watch shows that I, I might have like judged like incorrectly. Like mm-hmm. maybe like I had a really bad first impression. Yeah. And that's like a, that show's perfect because it's like it makes you think it's this like pervy, awful show. And then it actually has some really like surprising character depth. And yeah. <laughs> And then it just ends right back to where it kind of started with being like kind of weird and pervy. And then you're like, all right, I guess that's just the journey. I, I don't know. Like it, it, it's, I, I was solid on, like, I think it's not that like, this is the authority, but like, it's my anime list was like lower sevens. Mm-hmm. And I can see that. Like when I see a lower seven score, I imagine it's cause it's a little divisive. Um, I wonder how many people like watched two or three episodes and gave it that score. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Like the animation was really fun. Like you were saying, it's smooth. And it's like, even when all the weird stuff's happening, it's still really well animated. 
Yeah, definitely. Like, there are some great scenes in that series. So, like, I can't hate on it on any of those, um, you know, <laughs> and I know that's those standards, but what a wild ride that was, right? And it was just right. like, I almost felt like I was in, like, a, a knockoff Trigger series, I would say. It was, like, not as Trigger, but it was, like, almost there you know like, I mean? like the pace and the absurdity yeah i i, I can kind of get that yeah. uh, um, i want to ask helped? you go on real quick did you yeah. look at what season that anime came out in and like all the other shows that were out around that time i did not all right see, so, i need to get into a habit of doing that yeah. i want to I, I should see like what around it's pretty interesting because like this show came out um around the time food wars first started um okay was it um damachi the dungeon girl oh like, is it wrong yeah. to pick up girls yep. in a dungeon yep that show um blood blockade battlefront oh um face day night unlimited blade work season two what yeah like this is like a pretty stacked season i would say and it was just like kind of interesting that this show was in that and i think that's probably why people don't talk about punchline that much because even like sound euphonium came out around that same time too what a weird palette. <laughs> like, yeah. It was a range, too. Like, there's like, pra- I, I'm not sure if you ever watched Plastic Memories, but that's like yes. a, another show that when I look at this list, I'm like, oh, wow. They legit had every single different kind of like genre or like, you know, like any everything for everybody. And, you know, I, I miss seasons like that. I feel like I haven't seen that like that much variety in a while. Plastic Memories was one of the first anime to make me cry. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a sucker for those kind of romance stories. Oof. Yeah, that, that kind of tore me up at some point. Like the what was it, like the, the, the finale on the uh, the Ferris wheel. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's just heavy hitting. Um oh man, let's see. Uh, the other anime you really wanted to talk about, which I knew would take up a lot of our time here today. <laughs> I tweeted this and all of my friends responded. I said, I don't know, understand. It always comes back to Twitter with you and me. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, I don't understand how nobody could tell me about, about how good Haikyuu was till now. And like everybody responded, we just thought that you yeah. knew. Because <laughs> it's like right up my alley. I'm, I'm happy to be in a situation where like that was my gateway to um, sports anime. Really? Yeah, but I feel like because it's so good, it has also inherently spoiled, yeah, spoiled, spoiled like yeah, yeah. sports anime because now like I'm looking at them at a high standard and I'm like I shouldn't be doing that, but it's just it's really that good. <laughs> nobody brought the. We did a sports anime podcast and nobody brought IQ up. Like we were talking about, okay, we want one that's kind of realistic but still has good characters and fun. And someone's like, well, what about Run with the Wind? I'm like, nah, I don't really want to talk about that one, <laughs> but. Oh, nobody mentioned Haikyuu. I, I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's some volleyball purist out there that's like, well, actually, I, I don't think this is accurate because I get it. I just I was just a snob about Run With The Wind for like five minutes. So um, I was surprised how quickly I liked the main characters. Like most of those shows, like it's like this is the main team. It takes you a little bit and they have like their character development for you to like them. That mm-hmm. show doesn't waste any time developing its main characters. No, and it does the dual protagonist thing pretty well. 
Because like really? I, I, yeah, because I don't want to ever just say Hinata is like the protagonist. Because I feel like it's definitely a dual protagonist scenario. Like you know, because I would argue the same thing with like Black Clover with Asta and Yuno. Sure. It's like you know those two characters. They're yeah, they're rivals, but like they are like almost joined at the hip, even if they're on two separate teams. And the same thing would be with Haikyuu, except they're closer. You know, if anything, you see them throughout the whole series together on the same team, and they are the poster boys, always. You'll, like, I, rarely see Hinata by himself. Right, and it, I'm at, like, episode nine. Uh, I think Netflix only has the first season? Uh, first two. First two, okay, mm-hmm. cool. And then the third one, third one just started? Or just finished? Oh, so, the, so there's... Three se- no, there's four seasons out, right? Four seasons, okay. So the first two seasons are 25 each. The okay. third season's 10 episodes. The fourth season has two cores, and the first core is out, and the second core is not out yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to keep saying okay with it, but... <laughs> no, no, no. It's, uh, it's a lot, because, like, you know, I think when I first started watching, like, season three was just about to start, so I was, I think I was bored and trying to figure out something to watch. And I was just like, I, I binged through the first season real fast. And I was just like, whoa, that was awesome. I like, I like that it doesn't waste any, like it doesn't waste your time with its development. And you, you, I don't know. Like I love Kuroko, Kuroko's basketball to death, but it kind of, it's like the first scrimmage lasts 14 episodes. (laughs) And, like, this one, they just got done with their first scrimmage after, like, eight. Which isn't that bad. Uh, and then the, you were just talking about how it's, a like, a dual protagonist thing. It emphasizes really... I'm bad with names, sorry. But, like, the their team captain there at the beginning... Daichi. Yep. Daichi. He emphasizes really hard, like, this, you know, you're on the same team now. I, I almost feel like that first episode where it's talking... Like, it shows them in middle mm-hmm. school. It really... It it wouldn't be as powerful of the fact that they're on the same team had they not spent a good amount of time there in that first episode, yeah. kind of showing how far apart they are. And I, I don't know, it, it's cool because I don't know if you've ever played team sports, but this really captures like the spirit of a like a, a ragtag team coming together. And it's like people say it sounds like a stereotype, but it exists for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's just team chemistry. That's how teams come together. And it's like you genuinely feel like uh, like this team has like an organic chemistry. Like no team just starts and they're all just like either completely hating each other or completely loving each other. You know, these kids all have their own quirks and it's cool to see how they're like learning the mesh. And I'm sure as it goes on, that's just beautiful. But again, I'm talking way, way out of my ass right now because I'm only nine episodes in. Well, the thing is, is that you got some nine episodes, right? So I think where you're at is when uh, they get their ace, right? Yep. They're yeah. just, they just introduced him. Uh, Did he have that moment where he was like, he, he went for the spike? Like he, like he went for that, that hit and he finally is like, joined the team or is he like still it's, in that so, game? I think it might have been that episode because they got out of their, they got out of their first scrimmage and then the episode ended with showing him hit something that the setter had put up. Um, oh yeah. 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 So that's probably what happened. Cause like, that's the thing. It's like, um, as somebody who plays sports, you probably know, like, you know, if you're in a situation where like, let's say you're playing basketball and you're getting shut down real hard by this one right. person who's guarding you, you know, mm-hmm. 
real hard. You can't even pass the ball. You're just stuck. And like, I can imagine how frustrating it is as the ace, not being able to get past this wall, mm-hmm. this, this brick wall that is like stopping you from like even getting close to knocking the ball over. And like, I, I genuinely like felt for him, especially as like, you know, just feeling so weak, but he just wasn't understanding that everyone on the other side or everyone on this side of the court is on your mm-hmm. team and you don't have to be the only one shouldering it. So that's, that's cool. I, I have that problem a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if I'm on the bench, I'm like the top teammate, like yelling and helping and all that. But when I'm on the court, I, I get tunnel vision with that. So I'm sure like, well, how do they put it? Like you can see you're supposed to not just see yourself in one character. You're supposed to see the little traits out of everybody that's relatable. Like that, that's the call card of good writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be like 12 characters in this show that I adore to death because of it. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, Kuroko's Basketball, not the greatest sports anime. I'll even say that. But I still loved it to death because it was over the top, but it still captured a lot of good team sports stuff. I can tell you very early on that I'm IQ is going to probably blow that out of the water with everything besides the fact that it's not a basketball anime. Yeah, I think um, the a lot of the characters are super relatable. A lot of the characters that they face are also interesting, and you know they never really you never really can hate on the the villains. So to right, say. you know, like the opponents there, they obviously can be assholes some of them, but like at the end of the day, like they are here to win too. And they're competitive yeah yeah like the, the the competition is real and i think like their first real adversaries in this season is like i don't know it's a very interesting uh battle and uh kageyama alone i think he's like a very interesting character i think he's uh i feel like me whenever i play anything competitive i kind of had the same mindset where like i felt like i was doing everything i possibly could but like for some reason like the people around me weren't following through you know what i mean sure and but you know he definitely grows and grows and i love his progression because it's even if you feel like he's developed so much that he's like you know like damn like kageyama is you know now this upbeat guy who's like you know really there for the team he's doing everything he can for the team mm-hmm. he still has more work and more sure. stuff and it's it's just it's very rewarding while like Hinata's just always gonna be that, you know, upbeat guy that just needs to get better at the game in general. Like he needs to get better at receiving. He needs to, you know, get better at blocking. You can't just, you know, rely on that super fast quick. Cause that quick is only gonna last up to the point where people understand it's just a decoy. Yeah, and it, it's cool too, because most of my perspective with sports comes from a coaching standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it's always cool to see like you were just talking about how you know he has like the all the raw ability, but he just needs the reps. Yeah, it's cool to see a character like that because sometimes it's short sighted in sports anime where it's like I have all of the heart and I'm not any good, but uh, with friendship and magic, we're gonna do it. Like this anime clearly shows that it's not gonna be an overnight thing for them, and I I like like you're saying that like. It's a continuous, or I guess what you're saying, it's, it's, uh, how do I put it? It's cementing what I was already assuming that mm-hmm. it, it's 
it's a it's a continuous process and it's not just like oh kageyama had his uh character growth it's over like you know oh, like no. that's sometimes sometimes sports anime is like all right they have their role okay that's it for them yeah like i feel like what ends up happening is they de- they develop all of the the main players and yeah there'll be like some headbutting a little bit mm-hmm. but then you're they're spending more time and effort trying to like make you like build up that uh rapport with the the adversaries now like you know those opponents because those opponents they make you hate them at first and then you got to like make make you make you like them again later so it's just like you know instead this series tends to share the effort of doing that for everybody all the time like i I don't feel like anyone has too much attention and i feel like there are some characters like this one character in haiku that i genuinely hate (laughs) up until season three i i did not like him until season three Okay, so are you not going to tell me for the sake of not? I can tell you. I don't think it's like a spoiler or anything. Um, okay. uh, what's his name? Uh, they call him Suki. Okay. Yeah, he's he's just like because he's the guy that just does the minimum effort. This is just a club. That's like his mm-hmm. attitude. All right. And that's like a little frustrating. And I can imagine as a player, you know, just seeing somebody who has like I, I feel like in Hinata's shoes, seeing somebody that tall. Mm. has though athletic ability is choosing not to go and put all the effort in that's frustrating but you know you're gonna get to the point to see where this guy is no longer just you know sitting there i I was gonna say sitting for a paycheck but they're in school playing (laughs) yeah i get what you're saying (laughs) it's not like the ncaa where they're getting paid under the table (laughs) he's uh he's just a little frustrating and and i know people that have told me the same thing Genuinely cool. could not stand him until that moment. So it's cool too because I think something that high school sports anime get wrong is that they forget that they're high school kids. And it's yep. like it like sometimes motivation. I mean, that's a very real thing. You know, you see very early on Hinata has like nerves a lot, mm-hmm. like just the jitters and all that kind of stuff. That's all real things, and you would assume that like somebody that's that young, they're gonna have that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like those are like the little things that I've already really appreciated from it. I can't think of anything that I don't like so far. Um, yeah, like he's the only thing that bothered me at first, and then like you know you just kind of forget about it because all the other characters are so great. Like, but <laughs> I'm gonna say something to you, which I'm probably I'm pretty sure you either have noticed or you haven't noticed. But um, what's his name? Nishinoya. Okay. The, the uh, Lebrio. Lebrio. He. Um, his voice actor voice acted voice acts as uh, Bakugo. Oh. So once you once once I've said this to you, now you're always gonna think Bakugo when you hear him yelling. And it's just like it's it's like a, a broken record scratch thing for you. You know, it's just like, ah, oh, now it's Bakugo forever. Like I'm always gonna think Bakugo. And I, I didn't I didn't make that connection until I was rewatching with somebody and I was like, oof, now it's weird. Like I'm always gonna think is Bakugo, but this guy is way more likable than Bakugo because you You're know. talking the dub, right? Oh, sorry. I'm talking about the the sub. See, that's oh! the thing. That's the thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, you ruined it. You uh, ruined it. So, I no, I'm the loser. I forget that we I forget that you do the dub, which like we talked about before, it's not a problem. Like you literally should be able to enjoy anime however you'd like. And then the whole thing is we both come to the table and talk about the same thing. You're totally judging me. I'm not judging you. I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh man. 
like, it's like, sad. It's sad because there's so many people that are just like so dismissive of dubs. But like, let's right. say if the, that's the only way you could watch something. Like, I I had a copy of uh, the My Hero movie that came out like a few months ago, and I was like, one of my friends was just like, "Hey, you know, oh man, I'm really mad I missed that when it came out." And I was like, "Well, it's a really good copy of it." And he's like, "Oh, cool." And I was like, "But it's the dub." And then he was like, "Bro, burn it." And I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> The dub's really good. Yeah, like I actually like uh, Deku's voice actor for um, the dub, and you know you can't really go wrong with uh, Christopher Sabat. Yeah, you know? I was about to say Chris Sabat is got Vegeta voicing all yeah. my. Yeah. So like, come on, man. Like I, I, I just don't like the idea of like us just saying, "Well, it's the dub, so it's trash." Like, you yeah. know, it's inter- It's interesting because everybody wants to do sub master race. And something that, like, with this last, not to, like, plug my own shit again, mm-hmm. but, like, I did that Fate State Night uh, article I did about the dub. Yep. I compared the sub voice actors to, like, the dubbed ones, because mm-hmm. I've played, like, the visual novel now, and, I, I mean, I played the sequel one, but whatever. Same same actors. And I was like, I think, yeah, I'm going, yeah, I think these match in cadence. And, like, nobody can dispute that, because it means I did my research. Just because somebody likes a dub doesn't mean that they are, like, completely closed off to subs. Yeah. Like, everything on Amazon is subbed. So, like, you're not getting a dub on there. Crunchyroll, most of it's subbed. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, it, like, when I get on Netflix, I'm like, oh, good, there's a dub. Like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, it's, it's, it's more of a, I can do some more stuff now rather than sit there and have my full attention to reading subtitles. Uh, yeah, so that that's what I usually tell people because like it, it's also a productivity standpoint. You know, if you are one of those people that like to multitask, like I, what I was doing when I was playing MMOs was I would always watch a dub in the second monitor. I felt like that was my way of, you know, watching something, but also like leveling, you know? I didn't want to... Uh, just kind of sit there and like especially if i'm not really paying attention to the story like you know if you're playing mmo majority of the time you're just power leveling you're not really trying to like really give a shit about the story then you want something in the background whether it's just music or you know an anime and if you're the kind of person that just like would rather just sit there and give all your attention to like um an anime then yeah you should watch subs there's like a funny video that i watched like a a few months ago it was from mm. uh the youtube channel rdc world okay. and there it was like about how it feels to watch sub and it was like him like just sitting there watching sub and then he got like a text message he picked up his phone looked at it for a second then looked back and then it was like a whole other show almost <laughs> that's how it feels when you're not paying attention to like subbed anime so that's so fucking true though because i've been trying to get in a habit of like i've been doing subbed anime in the mornings mm-hmm. because uh that's when i had the puppy out uh, you mm-hmm. know, she's all wound up and she wants to lay, sit on my lap like all the time. Yeah. And if you move half an inch, she just just throws a fit. So like, I'll just sit there in the living room and she'll just sit on my lap. So I don't, I'm, you know, I, I'm there now. I, I can't go anywhere. So that's when I, that's when I turn on subs. But like when I'm in my office, I got that second monitor like you're talking about. I got 2K on the one screen. I got the dub on the other. Mm-hmm. But uh Oh man, that's such a funny video sounding video. It's so yeah, true. I'll have to send it to you after. It's uh it's it's great because like it's 
it's it's it's one of those things that it's just like so relatable you had definitely been been there at least somebody but sure. you know if you if you know japanese or you know you know a little bit of it then you could probably like get away with like not paying attention you're like oh yeah i know that word i know that word so like you're not too like disassociated but like man <laughs> if you're not paying attention or like you went to the bathroom or something you come back and like you know you went from naruto to naruto shibuden uh naruto shibuden in like two seconds you're like oh whoa what happened like why is this man so old <laughs> You know, uh, one of our guys, uh, his name's Proton Storm. He's the admin for Anate. Mm-hmm. He works in Japan. And he'll tell us sometimes, like, he'll watch anime without subtitles, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he says there's, like, real Japanese, and then there's made-up Japanese. And, like, some of these shows with, like, a lot of techno babble, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to follow along sometimes because they're just making terms up. Yeah. And it, it's really interesting. Like, that's another layer of, it's like four-dimensional chess. You got dub, subs, and then raws. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've heard a lot of... Uh, like, I went to a talk for the translators for Crunchyroll, and they talked about all of the hurdles they had to go through, whether it's just, like, them trying to figure out what that show is really trying to say, um, them trying to battle with the, the studios because the studios are trying to tell them, like, this is how we want it translated, even though that's not the translation. You know, like there's so many different hoops that they have to go through that I never even thought. I just thought, hey, there should just be like, you know, a, a, a one one to one translation for this phrase or this this uh, sentence. But it's it's really not that simple because like Japanese, it just seems that way. But it's the English language that makes things so hard, I would say. Right. And then you think, too, like I, I read this in a, a book by Tara Platt and Yuri Lanthal. Um, mm-hmm. one of the hardest things with dubbing is how, what did they say? It was like the mouth flaps, like subs paid no, like for, I guess not subs, but you know, in the Japanese language, when the voice actors do their lines, they, in those versions, they pay very little attention to what the characters are doing for their mouth flaps. So when, uh, the dubbers get it, they're trying to catch up to something that, wasn't even paid attention to for the uh, for the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing before we move on past high uh, with the dub considered, I was actually going to say really solid dub and a lot of actors I didn't recognize. Like either like I just never heard them in many roles, or they were very good at doing a kind of different role. And even though you know very little about the team right now all of them felt very natural with how they fit. Mm-hmm. And I was really in on that. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it'll, as they develop, I'll be more endeared to it. Yeah. It's, uh, I think the only issue I have, I had with the show, I think they've definitely fixed that over time is, and I feel like it's a hard problem to solve with a large cast is, you know, you have the main six players, right. And mm-hmm. then you have like all the people that are on the bench and you know obviously volleyball there there's like a rotation too so it's not like you know the fact that all of the people that aren't playing aren't going to play you know right so it's just like there are moments where like a lot of people like you have the dynamic with kagiyama being the main setter even though they had sugawara um who was current uh, suga who was currently well used to be the main setter for two years mm-hmm. in his final year he has to like kind of sit out but like they really do like 
make you like Suga because yes, he understands that like Kageyama is just better right now, but I'm not standing down. Like I'm still going to be, um, uh, I'm still going to help this team get to where they need to be. And I'm sure. going to make sure that my last year is like my impact is felt. Right. And that's, that's the shit I do like, but there are like three different characters on that show that like gets no light until like two, three seasons later. Like there are three players that you just don't even pay attention to. It's like they don't even exist. I'll be honest. And they're like all second years. Would you think that would be better than like how some shows go like, okay, this is your moment. Okay. Now it's not your, like, uh, you mean like the fact that they only get that small, like one episode of like shine. Little, yeah, like half an episode, and then it's like they just disappear for like twenty more episodes. Yeah, and it's I, a gift. It's a gift and a curse. That's what I'm saying. Like you see the guy on the bench, you're like, oh, it'd be cool if, if he was in more. And then like some shows don't know how to handle that. Like Kuroko is awful about that. They're like, okay, senior, it's your turn. And then he gets like two good plays. They're like, all right, good, good time. All right, get, get back on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> And then you, he just disappears. You just never hear of that character again. Actually, no. There was a character they just never actually had a voice for because he never spoke. <laughs> that's that's exactly how it feels with those three characters. Like, there's three characters that pretty much have no lines. I think, like, one of them just now in the fourth season is actually getting some kind of, like, shine. And it's just <laughs> like, how? How did we get this far and this man had no lines? It's 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 a little, like disappointing but at the same time I, I, I understand the large cast problem and that, that's one reason why I do like Rome with the Wind I feel like Rome with the Wind handles that better because it is well, it's only 24 episodes but it's like it's 24 episodes where they have to like give you what 10 runners mm-hmm. you have 10 runners and you got to make sure that each of them have like some kind of you know appeal to them like I don't know how I was going to like Prince by the end of that show but like <laughs> I did, you know, and like him and Kakadu, I never thought that they would have a relationship that they had, you know, like seeing them read manga together was like such a good moment. I was going to be a dick for a second, but <laughs> I was oh, going to say, I don't know how I was going to like any of them. by <laughs> that's, it, It's it's like all of them, like what what's his name? King. I think King's like the only one that I just genuinely couldn't get behind. And I, I don't know what it was. I think it was just like. He didn't really have any real uh, conflict resolution. He was just like, I'm mad because I can't get a job. And then he's just <laughs> like, and then they're like, all right, well, you'll get it later. And he's like, okay. And then like, we're back to some other conflict while he's running. And then there's some resolution that he found within himself, which it seems like that's the whole thing about this series. It's like running is not just running from your problems, but really attacking them, um, I would say. You know, because that was Kakadu's whole thing in the beginning of the show. It's like this man's just always running, but never like running forward to try to solve the problem. He's just like, man, I I did this wrong. I punched my teacher. I, you know, <laughs> I'm in this situation where like I don't know what I'm going to eat tomorrow. I had to steal food in order to live. You know. Yeah. But it's just like now people believe in you. You should try to like take that and you know, not better be, yourself. Not be awful. But uh, since I know we're running a l- little late Ayer, to get to this, you said before we started, I was one of the only people that you knew who watched the, the film for Psychopaths 3. 
Oh man, it's it's been so hard to get anyone to even watch the show in general because like, and all right, this is not their fault. At the end of the day, we still don't have those three films. The Sinners um, of the System. Sinners of the System cases are not anywhere. You know, legally. you have to get it illegally. So yeah. like, it's it sucks. Like I had to get it illegally and then like find a way to watch it with people. And hot, I thought, hot take here. I didn't watch any of them. And oh, I, really? I, I love Psychopaths 3 still. So the thing is, is that the only reason why I, mm, I... I don't feel like you need to, to be honest. Like, you I, don't, no. But it does give you a little, like, um, context yeah. as to, like, how they got there. Like, how, how the, that team was brought together, um, the foreign affairs team. But it's also, like... I think the third movie is just fucking great. Like, you know, you get all these cool uh, Kagami scenes and, you know, he's he's just a badass, right? But then um, the first movie, you finally, like, start to like, uh, what's her name? Shimatsuki, the, the, Shimatsu, um, yeah. the person that was working with Akane, the other inspector. Excuse me, put some respect on uh, police chief Shimatsuki's name, please. Dude, she sucked in season two. She yes, was she so did. bad. And so, like, that movie was, like, the transition from her being an awful human to, like, actually being good in the, the third season. The third season, the was third season she's queen. <laughs> I genuinely loved her, and I loved the way she reacted to certain things. I thought it was great. Oh, yeah. Like, her development is, like, arguably the best out of any of the characters. Um, you know, it dropped kind of out, like, quietly. I had a friend, he was like, hey man, you need to watch Psychopaths 3's new uh, new movie. Well, I didn't like, know oh, it was coming out, so I knew it was coming out in theaters. Me too, so that's what I, I mean. I assumed that Amazon was going to get it, like, days later. I right. thought it was going to be, like, you know, months. And I was like, you know, I, I was willing to accept that. And I'm like, oh, so we're at a point now where you can just do that? Oh, okay. I didn't like, know that. I thought he was still talking about the show. And I'm like, no, man, I watched the show. I'm waiting for the movie. He goes, no, man, the movie's out. Yeah. And then I was like, do I have to rent it? And he goes, no, it's just there. And you log on. Like, it was the first time I was on Amazon for a while. And it was like, new for you. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, I guess, do we want to say spoiler warning? I guess. Yeah, we should. Um, yeah, because I think for me, like, everything that I would. Mm, yeah, because a lot of the issues that we're talking about when it comes to the movie, it's just like, it's all to resolve the overarching story of, you know, the third season. Well, you, know, you, you and me talked about it. Mm -hmm. And then I had um, the artist Hybrid Mink on, and he w had watched it, and we had talked about it a little bit. A lot of the holdups I've heard anybody talk about was really remedied by the movie. Yes. And I was saying, I think I told you this too on that pod, I wanted to put Psychopath 3 above Psychopath 1 because I, I, en I enjoyed it that much. This movie set it over. Like so, I, I, I we could talk about it. That's for sure. I, oh no, no, I, no! I, no. I, I wanted to talk to you about it. I want to agree with you. So, like, I think season one is good. It's just that it's um, there's some fluff. There, there's some fluff, and like season three just doesn't seem to have that fluff. It seems to handle that like forty-five minute time frame so well. It just genuinely feels like a crime, like a CSI kind of story. But like, sure, you know interesting you know like it's you know that cop drama kind of thing like it it genuinely worked for this this series and, 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 and to take it one further too it it's not like crime dramas where 
the crime has to be solved in 45 minutes. Yeah. It, there, some of them take three episodes, some take one, some take half an episode. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. Um, obviously, as it got m- more like into the thick of it, as you're like dealing with all the uh, Bifrost stuff, like it became a little bit more unresolved, but it didn't feel, I think doubling up the length of those episodes was the best thing to happen to Psychopaths. Yeah, because I think that was very helpful. I would say I couldn't imagine watching Psychopaths week to week when that came out because that's a show you have to binge in, in like a couple episodes at a time every yeah. time you watched it. At least I did. Yeah, and I at first I I had like gripes when I first started it because I was just like you know it's weird that they're adding like this ability like what is this you know and then you're, like yeah. you kind of understand it's not really an ability it's just like it's uh it's a part of being uh was it asymptomatic criminally criminally asymptomatic yeah whatever i'm bad at pronunciation too yeah (laughs) there was like a really interesting post i read about it that like made a made me understand it a little more um see if i could find it it was like it was just a reddit like comment that somebody put and i was just like wow i never thought about it like this at all it's it's a it's a visual personification of basically his mental process of being able to be there at a scene yeah and how he's like genuinely empathizing with like the suspect right so Um, i I thought that was cool i also like it didn't have like when the red tape starts coming up like Mm -hmm. both psychopaths one and two you're like oh boy here we go brains in a jar like (laughs) like it it can be a little like techno babbly Mm-hmm. Or like holier than thou, but it didn't. It wasn't like too overpowering in in the film here for the uh, Psychopath Three. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it was pivotal to it. Like, you know, you had this guy, by the way, who was really likable until the end when he's just like, I have this elaborate plan, and then I'm just gonna go nuts and say I want to become a god. And they're like, oh, okay, that's that's an interesting turn. And he's like yelling at brains and jars. Like mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. It's just, it took a weird turn there, but like, I like that it didn't focus so much on that. Like Bifrost was a cooler concept than just the Sybil system that we knew because Bifrost was this counter to it. And it was actually like, kind of like a little, like Illuminati shit going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the thing for me, it was like, I I remember when this the whole season started. Uh, I think uh, when the season started, I just didn't expect. Uh, how do I say it? Um, I didn't expect it. All right, my concern was that they were trying to resolve civil system in only like eight episodes, right. and I feel like that is just not the right way to go about it. And I thought the cases helped a little bit with like, you know, kind of showing you like on a global scale where civil system is. But like when it comes down to you looking at like, um, you know, how does does like Akane really like get this full fledged plan to like really stop it? They just could not do that in one season and another movie. Like there's just no way. So I'm happy that they instead put something else in front of you so that you can bring kind of all the pieces together. And then maybe, like, in the next season, we'll actually see, like, more movement. Especially now that, like, um, Akane's in the position she's in now at the end of the the movie. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I kind of wanted to talk about that where it like sets it too. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. Like it makes you think that it, it kind of is learning from its lessons where it's like not trying to like reinvent its own wheels, like towards the end, like, you know, like both of seasons, first and second one, as much as people say the first one's superior than the second, throwing in the civil system and breaking the civil system, it, it gets a little, I don't know if I want to say overplayed, but like, you're not really having an ending that's satisfying. You're just like, oh, I know there's going to be more that's just going to have to explain this. It's a really high note and a really good point to end where it, where it ends on for the Psychopath 3 film. And yeah. it makes you think that it's like, yes, we don't, and it even says it, we don't have the answers to work towards it, but right now we need to find justice for people. And that's dope as hell. And like mm-hmm. every character has a good point of their arc. And you know, you get the old crew, they get, you know, they kind of get their their moments. And then you have the new crew with these two great characters. Everything's good with them. And it like it's it's a high note. It really is. And that's something you don't expect from something so fucking dark like Psychopaths. Yeah. And Psychopaths, uh, the way that that season ended too, it's just that season, that whole uh, story arc. arc. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like, it was rewarding. It was rewarding to see that whole thing like just kind of wrap up. But they still got you because at the end of the day, you know, um, Arata and um, his partner, they still have to solve the issue. Like what, what is going on between um, Arata's father and his partner's brother? You know, like they never resolved that and they still don't know. They gave you just enough to. Just enough for you to like kind of understand where... Um, both parties are but like not enough information to even like remotely be close to like figuring it out and it's just (sighs) i was surprised that k didn't go full heel and that the person he was actually working with ended up kind of being a good guy yeah that was cool for me because and i I, that's really clever writing because that's a red herring a complete red herring yep and i like that it has that moment where um, I think you and I talked about it. I thought there was going to be something where Arata found out that Kay was working with them because he's going to say like, oh, thank you, governor, for letting his wife go. And she's going to be like, I didn't, let, I didn't let his wife go. Yeah. When he first got the text to take the black box from her AI, yeah. um, she was coming up to him and trying to talk to him about, uh, about his wife. Like she was trying to initiate that conversation. And he was like busy with that text message. And I'm like, this is so fucking clever. I don't know. Like it, I love the little subtle things that that show did. And I feel like the first season didn't have that. The first mm-hmm. season even was like, oh, these are cool concepts. This is a cool world being built. But and then the second season was just bonkers. But the third season, you know where you're at. You know what's kind of going on. And then you watch the characters and do like just the little subtle things that really make you think that it's, it really knows what it's doing. And then the action's just 10 times better. Although I will say my biggest complaint, I tweeted about this. Uh, Kagami's fighting the one uh, mercenary guy, like the old dude Mm -hmm. fires every shot out of his revolver before he lands, gets close to this dude who has like a, like an assault rifle and then decides his next move is going to be to kick. I just don't get him. Like, yeah. I get it. I get it. He's the badass, but 
maybe save a couple shots before you land hot shot. They just had to like try to make him work all crazy and do his wild stunts, which I'm never opposed to, but I, it just I'm logically didn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're talking about a show where it's fucking brains and jars. But <laughs> yeah. I thought it was cool for the solution of the movie to be that like the inspector, you know, sees that what civil system is and he then gets denied entirely by it. I thought oh, yeah. that was like really good for me to see. I was just like, all right. Cause like, I genuinely thought that was the only resolution I could think of that would work, you know? Cause it's just like, all right, you know, how do you beat this villain? Like, how do you um, make it interesting enough to be a defeat too? Cause like, I, I don't like want him to just like, oh yeah, you know, they, they saw, they stopped him from like running away or something dumb. Cause I feel like that's how normally it's closed off. Right. Like they, they just, they find him, they catch him and they're like, ha ha ha, we got you, you know? But it was just like, no, he was not just defeated on like a, you know, brains level, but like, dude, he was like defeated because like the one thing that, you know, he wanted. Philosophically, his entire ideology that he'd been, yeah, his, and this, his this entire ideology the, was destroyed. Yeah. And like that thing will not accept him. That <laughs> just hurts. So I, I, I liked that a lot. I thought that was really good. I think the cherry on top for all this too is the setting. Mm-hmm. Like they basically made it like die hard. Like mm-hmm. everyone's just trapped in the building. Yeah. And it's cool because then you have your groups and then like all the characters you love. No, And you know, whatever, like nobody really died. And it's like, oh, that takes the stakes out. But I like that. It was fun. Everybody ha- got their moment, but it wasn't uh-huh. forced. Yeah. Like I, I, <laughs> I texted my friend who told me about the movie. I said, I swear I'm going to re if, uh, something happens to the police chief. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, the way that they ended the first, um, the the third season hurt too. Like, I, I was talking to so many people and they did not know that that happened at the end of the season. Like, uh, at the very end of uh, the credits where that Oh, with, uh, with Yali. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I was just like, man, how, how do you end it like that? And then I'm like wondering, like, why did he do that? And then, like, it starts off the third, but the movie, where, like, you realize that, oh, it's not that he, like, genuinely wanted to kill the girl. It's just, like, I need to access that building, so I need your your key card or whatever. And, Which is a little overkill. <laughs> yeah, but he, she's not dead, right? Like, she's just... Right, but, I mean, if you, look at, if, if you look at that accident, it's a little hard to believe that she was just, like... Yeah, I thought she was dead. She got, like, impaled... <laughs> Yeah, I was like, for sure, like, oh, she's dead. That, that was my thought process. And then he said something like, good luck or something. And I was like, okay, maybe, like, there's some hope. Because I genuinely like her as a character, and I felt like, you know, it was just nice to see her, her progression. as not just that very two-dimensional character that she was in the first, uh, the first two seasons. Like, I feel like now we see, like, who she is, mm. um, personally. Like, you know, what... Like, her goals are and stuff in life. Instead of just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm here because I have to be inspector and that's just it. Right. Oh, also, and the reason why the cases are cool is because the second case takes place before season one. Are you you saying, like, in three? No, um, so, you know those, the the Sinners of the System? Oh, it's yeah, 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 Sinners of the System. Yeah, so the second Sinners of the System movie takes place before the the, the first season. Yeah. And... You get to, uh, 
you know, see characters that are gone again. And that's, you know, good when they're actually written well. So uh, the, the old chief's, the old chief's dad, right? Uh, yes. So he, his dad is, plays a major part in that. And yeah. the guy who um, joins the affair, the foreign affairs team, that's not um, Ginoza or Kogami. I forgot what his name is. Uh, the one that got into the firefight with K uh, at the yeah yeah at he's the really airport. Good, yeah like, like he's a really good character too and I feel like that Sinners of the System movie was good to show how great of a character it was but no one's gonna know because no one's gonna watch it sorry I'm a little annoyed about it <laughs> yeah maybe eventually it'll be on somewhere yeah. I think my thought process was like oh maybe there was like like Funimation usually is the one that puts out all the movies and stuff and then I think you know they must have lost the license for Psychopaths. And then it was like in limbo when those three movies came out. And I think it still is. Yeah, I think it's still in limbo. And then like Psychopath three in the movies went to Amazon. And then you know you're never gonna get a dub because nope. not not to not to complain about dubs. And I heard the like, dub. I heard the dubs are really good for Psychopath. So it is. Yeah, especially the guy who voices Kagame. Like I really like that that one. Um, I don't know. So unfortunate. Before, before we get going, I always like to kind of just kind of bullshit with people at the end. Um, I'm just thinking, what has been your one habit that you might have picked up on during the quarantining? Um, a new habit or like something you wanted to try. Now you're kind of like thinking like, hey, maybe when this is all over, I'll keep doing this. So I think for me, like, um, uh, I'm trying to get back into drawing because I feel like that was a very therapeutic thing for me growing up. And then I just put it aside. And mm-hmm. like every time I I like say I'm going to do it, I don't do it. And now I have all the free time in the world, so I have no excuse. And that and probably like just getting back into reading manga because I feel like I used to read manga so much. And instead, I just been watching anime like passively and that's it. But like now I've I've like kind of gotten to binge reading a lot of series. Like I've caught up on almost all of the different Shonen Jump series, except the super long ones like One Piece. And I think that's like it. When it comes down to like actual habits, like um, at home, there's not a lot that I could really work on. Like, I think for me, I really wanted to, you know, continue the grind with the gym, but unfortunately the gyms are closed down and I get really bored with the bodyweight stuff. Like, I don't know, yeah. it's just me. So I purchased dumbbells and they finally came in like two days ago. So like I'm going to, for the first time today, like get back and actually lifting again. So, you know, I, I, I know I'm going to sound like a, like an ultra Chad, ultra douche saying this mm-hmm. today's workout. Cause I, I do the same thing. I do body weight, but then I add in some weights for like yeah. some, like my back and shoulders. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of at the point where I'm bored with the, the current weights I have. Like I've been trying to go like high reps just because the weight's not all that much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sitting there like, oh, my muscles are so big, I have to get bigger weights. But <laughs> it's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. You can oh, only must, do... Must, be, go, must feel good. Uh, I, I don't mean, like I said, I don't mean it's... Dale is flexing on me, guys. I don't like it. Well, look, man. <laughs> you know, fuck, fuck it, we're already there. I'm going to sound like a douche. All right. I was doing 300 push-ups a day. Oh, my God. And I'm at the point now where that's boring me <laughs> and I don't feel like I have a workout doing it. So like today I did 500. I'm sorry. I don't mean, I, I'm not trying to flex. It's just, you said it's about how body weight. I, I get it. 
It's not that you're trying to flex, but you're flexing. I get it. It makes sense. You know, it's fine. I'm not upset. I'm just, it's fine. It's hey, fine. Man. Hey, man, it's I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get my JoJo's uh, by January by not doing nothing. Yeah, it's fair, but geez, dude, that's a lot. <laughs> like, I respect the grind, though. Good job, dude. I, and you know what's funny is everyone's like, oh, you're overtraining. I only just had to take a day off from overtraining because I've gotten really careful about that. So since my last marathon in October, um, I only had to stop once from overtraining. So yeah, it's whatever. I'm not even going to tell you about my running because that's. I don't even want to know. You know. I'll be honest with you. I don't even want to know. <laughs> Dude, you have better progress than me. I've been uh, seeing your shit, man. Come on. So, like, it's, when it comes to, like, you know, me, like, a year and a half ago versus me now, like, yes, it's, like, a big, a big difference. But, like, that's about it, you know? Oh, it's, it's not for nothing, man. All right, look, I'll stop being an egotistical asshole. Um, everyone look at me. Hey, what's up, girls? Are you listen to this podcast? <laughs> no. Um, so, you said, Art, uh, do you have a tablet? Yes. Nice. Uh, is it a Wacom? No, um, I actually got like an iPad that has like the, the Apple Pen. Okay. So yeah, so it, it's pretty good. Like it's very. Um, how do I explain it? Like the sensitivity is really good on it. So like I don't know. Like it feels very much like I'm drawing on like paper, if anything. So like that's the reason I like it, and it's like you know I'm very portable. But I do want to get invest in like one of those big Wacoms. I had a Wacom. Uh, what was it? Bamboo, like before they had like the touch screens, and I destroyed my hand, and I could never draw it again. <laughs> um, so it's cool though, like you find that one hobby. For me, it's like I've been playing my guitar. Uh, I've been trying to relearn to play my guitar, and uh, I have to use like a mini strat because mm-hmm. I got tiny hands, so. I can only yeah. pl- I can only play the only chords I can play are just by listening. I can only play the first three chords, the first mm-hmm. whatever chunk of uh, staple stable. That's mm-hmm. really all. That's all I know how to play. Like as far as songs, because I looked. I remember I was when I was living in Tampa. That was the only song I knew how to play, and now I completely forget how to play the guitar. So. Mm. I definitely wanted to get into an instrument too. Like, the only instrument that I was slightly interested in was the bass. And then, like, I think I just, like, fell off of it completely. Like, I, I had purchased one. Oh, oh, oh. Actually, no. There was, like, a joke made. So, um, I am... You ever watch South Park? Yeah. So, there's, like, this joke that happens with uh, Token, the black guy. And mm-hmm. I am a black guy, too. So, like, one of the jokes was, like, Cartman walks up to him. He's like, hey, we're starting a band. Go get your bass guitar. And he's like, I don't have a bass guitar. He's like, oh, dude dude, you have a bass guitar. Just go in your basement and go get it. And he's like, no, I don't have one. And then he comes back and he's like, I have a bass guitar. And then like he gets there and then he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, let's play. And he's like, wait, I don't know how to play the bass guitar. And he's like, come, come on, Token. You're black. You know how to play the bass guitar. And then he starts playing. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> like I've gotten that joke so many times. So I just said, you know what? I'm just like, fuck that shit. I'm not going to do it. But now like I, you know, I'm over it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to learn it eventually because like there's cool the, bass lines I've heard and I'm just like, damn, I want to play it. You got them strong Mio vibes. K-On. Oh yeah. I never watched K-On. I need yeah. to eventually. Um, 
that's everyone's favorite, evidently. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. But <clears throat> anyways, I play rhythm. I play rhythm guitar whenever I was playing. Um, maybe it's just because not a whole lot going on in rhythm guitar. I'm definitely not the guy who's like, I want to do like six solo shreds. Like, nah. Despite sounding like a complete douchebag who flexes about his workouts, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm not all about the spotlight. Uh-huh. Actually, shit, man. You've, you've seen me back on my, my Twitter presence. I am very low-key now. I don't want any attention. But uh, somehow, people still like to listen. Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, yeah. You're cool dude, man. I don't. I don't really see the problem. Yeah, I like if you, you can stop, you know, being a Chad sometimes, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm put down I'm as soon as I put down my massive dumbbells and protein shakes, <laughs> dude. I told people this before we started recording the first podcast together. You were like, "Yeah, and you sound a lot happier." Oh yeah, that, that fucking made my week. I was so happy because I was in such a bad place before, and I and you know what? Even from our last podcast, I'm in an even better place. I still got my little, you know. Everyone had like depression's not something that just completely goes away, but I definitely am at the point where it can it passes. But uh, I, you and me talk about it all the time, and I mm-hmm. I stress it a lot on. Uh, and I can I can cut this out if you don't want it, but like, I just I love how the anime Twitter community can be, despite everybody can being a little toxic with their waifu war shit. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks out for each other. I like that when someone's down, someone's there for each other. I don't know. Yeah, I got it. that's one thing that I've always really enjoyed about it. I feel like everyone's. Um, kind of like on the same team, you know, for the most part, you know, like the, the wife war is, is a thing, but I feel like everyone, like no one, at least the people I hang around, like no one's like, Oh, I hate you. I can't believe you like that person. Oh my God. Like, I can't right. believe you. You're awful. You definitely the worst human being. Oh my God. And it's just like, no, I feel like everyone, if anything, it's more of a, an agreement that, okay, I see your point. That character has really great qualities, but this character i like this character for these things and then you both agree that you know it's just you have your own preferences so and plus like i don't know i feel like it this is like the only community that like i've generally genuinely felt pretty welcomed and never really felt like you know my opinion wasn't you know valued so the anime is fun to have in common with people but it always makes my day when you can have a conversation with someone, be there for them personally. Yeah, definitely. Like I've made genuine friends from this space, 100%. Right. And it, I don't know, like my only regret from taking my hiatus, only regret was that there are people I was really close with that I'm not now. And I like, I've reached out to a few of them and most of them just didn't reach out back and i'm like okay that's just how it is you know like sometimes you know people grow apart that's sad but you wish well for them that, yeah. that's an that's an anything though sports anime being a chad <laughs> you know whatever works for you man it's the way i look at it and i just i want everyone to be happy that is all sure I want sure. everyone to get 
to achieve their goals and just try to live a happier life. Cause like, you know, I feel like that's all I did for like the last year and a half and I'm still kind of rediscovering like how to do all that, but mm-hmm. it's, it's always a process. And I think that's the cool thing. It's, it's always something new you're learning every day. So, you know, I mean, know you're not alone. That's to make the, that. And then you think like to bring it full circle, we were talking about Haiku. Everyone develops. That's just kind of what it is. Like we're constantly, you know, I just watched Gurren log on and it's like the whole lesson of that is people are constantly evolving. Yeah. Like a little bit more than we were yesterday and yada, yada, yada. That's how that one goes. But like, that's, that's a beautiful thing. And it, I just think, yes, it's a dark time right now, but we are going to still develop and become better people. It, that doesn't stop just because our economy is stopping. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It might become more difficult, but you know, we all still here and support each other. Yep. Anyways, uh, I that was a really good way to end this here. I know you said you want to make everybody happy. Uh, last pod you were on, tons of good feedback. I'm sure everyone's gonna love hearing you here again, especially with this last bit. Everybody always loves the the real life talk. And uh, thanks for coming on, Kenneth. Uh, where can we find you? Oh man, um, <laughs> I think uh, on Twitter you could find me uh, at blacktron underscore and still the best username. Yeah, and, I'm gonna uh, say that every time you're on. It's just so good. I just wish I can like get it as just at blacktron, but some guy has has it and they've had it for like so long, and I'm just waiting for that account to be deactivated someday. But once it's there, I will steal it and it'll be mine. Um, you can also find me on black blackandyellowtakugamers.com. That's kind of where all of our stuff is. I haven't really posted much recently, but we're definitely still trying to figure out when we can get back into the groove things. You would think that we would be doing it by now since everyone's home, but like, I think everyone's dealing with coronavirus a little differently than others. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stress between some people, like one of the people in my group, he's, uh, you know, trying to schedule a wedding and stuff, but not sure if that's going to happen. So yeah. Oh, jeez. It's a struggle. That's that's mainly why we've been pretty unactive, but we'll, we'll get there. Sure. Well, thanks for coming on, Kenneth. And if anybody wants to find me for whatever reason, I'm at Dil Kokoro, and you can find us on Anchor at the Dil Kokoro Podcast. Thank you, and everyone stay safe and healthy. Thanks for having me, dude.